On this episode of the Profitable Practice Podcast, we are going to determine if you are staying safe in the practitioner mindset or you are ready to evolve into or are being the business CEO. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast with me, Andrea Maxim, naturopathic doctor turned healthpreneur. And every week I'm bringing you no nonsense, no BS, actionable strategies to create a practice that is not only profitable, but fully sustainable by you. If you're an action taker like me and want to create a practice that is profitable, then you've come to the right place. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Profitable Practice Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Andrea Maxim. And this interview is going to be a bit of tough love. So I'm preparing you for that because we need to have a very honest and frank conversation about how you are now looking at your role and responsibilities in your business since COVID hit. And I think a lot of practitioners, myself included, weren't really ready to succumb to the idea that our school could not have taught us the wrong things. And the model that we are practicing in could absolutely not be the wrong one. And it's supposed to be the one that we can bank our entire career off of. And I got slapped in the face when everything shut down. Now, mind you, I was prepared. I had control over every aspect of my business, even as an independent contractor. So we were still able to make thousands of dollars every week while this was happening. But the number of practitioners that I saw that were staying in that practitioner mindset, that short-term mindset, really worried me. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring on Lori Kennedy to talk about what she also observed once COVID hit with her community of thousands of practitioners. And so we are going to have a very frank and honest conversation because this whole experience really rocked me in the way that I was just like, man, I cannot believe how misled we have been how misled our schools have trained us and groomed us that the antiquated business model of seeing one-on-one people, giving away all of your control to the clinic that you are paying rent to, and continuing to play small and safe is the way we are supposed to be running our business. And if anything has shown you that the opposite is in fact true, that there has to be a awakening of all practitioners that that are not in the medical industry that need to know that this is a business first and you are a practitioner second. And if you are not showing up to your business like a business, taking full control over everything that happens in your business and full responsibility for what you are good at, what you are not good at, and reaching out to the people who can help you, then we have a whole nother conversation to have. So let's jump into that interview now. Lori, thank you so much for coming on again to the Profitable Practice Podcast. You were one of my very first interviews when I first launched this podcast a few years ago. So it's so great to like now come back and revisit how we're both doing and how your business has changed and how my business has changed and of course how business in general has changed. And for those that don't necessarily know you and I don't know why they wouldn't, maybe just give a quick um, brief uh, like. Uh, exposure to 
like what your business is all about and what sure. you're what you're doing. Yeah, thank you for having me back. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, so, hi everybody. I'm Lori. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a mom. Uh, I have two kids. And second, I am the founder of the Wellness Business Hub. And so what we do over there in my corner of the internet is we support practitioners and coaches who want to establish and grow their online virtual businesses. So we work with any type of designation you can think of from sexologists to dental hygienists to naturopaths to health coaches, to parenting coaches, like anyone and everyone who wants to establish and grow online, that is what we do. Now, this is why this podcast episode is so important because we are just now probably week eight into the quarantine. And I know a lot of people just felt rattled by what happened and how quickly they lost control over their businesses. Mm -hmm. And you have such a great finger on the pulse as to how your community responded. I would love to hear from you. What were the most common mindset issues that you found your community was just like, shit, like, what do we do? Yeah. It's been a really interesting thing to sort of navigate, but also because my personal company didn't change at all the functionality yeah. of it because I've been online since 2012. I closed my nutrition practice fully in 2014. So it's just been really interesting to navigate the outside world and then also support our practitioners. So at first it was shocking to everybody and nobody sort of knew and everybody completely panicked. Um, and we recommended that they create some type of lower priced offer um, to continue to make sales because no matter, and, and I think this is where the, the mindset differs of a clinician to a business CEO, mm -hmm. because in my mind and in the minds of my clients who've made that shift, they're like sales, right? I run a business. And I need to keep the machine going. And so they're like, well, what do I do to continue to, lead, to grow my audience, nurture my audience, and, and enroll people into my offers, make sales? Like the delivery is the easy part almost, right? And so we came up with a couple different ways to do that. And then things started to settle down. And, and quite honestly, we are not seeing any decline in higher priced program enrollments. Mm -hmm. you know, from any of my clinicians or coaches or practitioners across the board. Um, it, it was, you know, people got shook, I would say like end of March, beginning of April, but we had a number of our clients record typical sales months, record sales months in April. Um, you know, which we didn't think would happen. Uh, so whether COVID is giving people more time at home to work on their health and well-being or, you know, it lit a fire under my client's bums in order yeah. to be like, I'm going to take this challenge that was just thrown at me and I'm going to crush it, you know, and, and their resolve became so much more greater. But, um, you know, obviously we'll see, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens in May and in June because it's, it's really not business as usual. It's business as best you can right now. And that, cha that could change if they 
if the government makes a big announcement, that's going to throw everybody into a tizzy again. Yeah. You know, and we'll just being entrepreneurial, we will roll with the punches because we don't have another choice. Yes. And I, and I want to just um, say one statement that even our clinic was still running. We still made pretty much the same as we would have, not nearly as much as we normally would have, but we still were in the black the whole way. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest assumptions everybody made was no one is going to part with their money. And yet I think people are so bored. They're like, I just want to buy stuff and they'll buy stuff, whatever you're putting out there. Yeah. And I think we need to drop a lot of those assumptions and stories that we started making about our clients and their ability to afford our um, services. I just don't think that that quite translated. But mind you, at the beginning, nobody knew what was happening at all. Yes. Yes. I would say for the first like three weeks, it was, you know, we did see a dramatic dip in sales in March for those like last sort of two and a half weeks. And then things got settled again. And, you know the way that we look at it and the way that we are working with our clients is the COVID is the, we call it the COVID objection. You know, it's just another objection. The money objection is always there, whether it's COVID or it's summer or it's Christmas. It's just another, you know, that speaks to your ability to, um, really be able to choose the right, clients or patients and know your worth and know your value and, and your ability to navigate those objections that come up no matter what. I want to, and I'm going to take a hard pivot here. I want to go back to the difference between a business CEO and a practitioner. Mm -hmm. Um, I firmly believe that everyone has been very intensely misled. And even I had to be slapped in the face by it when COVID happened about how we are learning such antiquated, and we've had this conversation together, antiquated ways of running our business based Mm -hmm. on an old model that just quite frankly doesn't exist in the way we're being taught in school. How do you think that that education that practitioners are getting is feeding into this either practitioner mindset or business CEO mindset. Yeah, this is something that I have very strong opinions about. You don't have strong opinions, Laura. I have very strong opinions <laughs> about this particular right. Topic. And the reason that I have very strong opinions about it is because not having a CEO mindset actually poses harm to both your patients and your own self and your family. And it's not because the money and making money is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. It's a byproduct of your ability to transform lives, Mm -hmm. right? But if we look at your ability to transform lives, it is completely capped by the business model that we were all taught, mm-hmm. right? And therefore your income is capped, therefore your time is capped, everything is capped and what we're doing is we're running a very transactional practice. You're selling 60 minutes of your time for whatever your hourly rate is, let's say 175, 250, whatever it is, for X, Y, and Z result. Mm-hmm right? And we're not looking at the model from 
an actual business perspective, we, we, and I'm saying me, cause I was a registered holistic nutritionist full time, seven years, it paid my bills, the whole nine had clinics. I, I did that. Like I did that song and dance for a long time. And although I'm not regulated, so I wasn't necessarily bound by those certain things, I still had to comply. I still had a scope yep. of practice. It's, you know, I, I understand. Um, and because I wasn't, nor is anyone in alternative health being trained that your professional education and your training is like your tool belt, right? And it's like your, your, we call it like your skew. You know, when you go into a store, it's like a skew, right? Like your naturopathic designation is like a skew, right? Your ability to run labs, that's a skew. Your ability to do the GI map, that's a skew. Like you have these skews. And if you don't know what to do with these skews, you don't have a business. You just have skews. Yeah. Right. And so with the clinician mindset, it's very transactional. It's let me sell you my time for $150. Let me write you a prescription for X, Y, and Z thing. And there is no ongoing care. There's no ongoing support. There's no interaction in between. There's likely not even any follow-up. Um, I've been to loads of naturopaths where I was shocked. I was like, oh, hi, you want to ask me how I'm doing? Right? Like, they're not thinking about it as an actual business. They're thinking about it as a doctor-patient transaction. Mm-hmm. And that, you might, that might trigger you and you might get angry at me. But if you look at the way that you're running your business, is that true? Right? Or have you set up the key... I would say pillars or components of highly successful businesses, regardless of the SKUs, mm-hmm. right? Like if you look at highly successful businesses online, offline, and you pull apart what makes them successful, it's not transactional. I mean, sure there's transactions, mm-hmm. but there's so much more that goes into it. And I, and I know because I've, I've been hired to teach naturopathic doctors in the college. I know that that mindset isn't being taught. I know that skill set's not being taught. We have, you know, hundreds of people that come in where I have to constantly reframe, like, this is not, you know, the way that any CEO would behave in a profitable business. Mm-hmm. And that is evident, unfortunately, and this like, you know, breaks my heart. And this is why I have such strong opinions about it because that is evidenced by COVID, right? It's evidenced by how many, not even just alternative, it's allopathic too, like clinics had no way of communicating with their past patients, current patients, whatever, who haven't been right? And you close the doors and everything came to a grinding halt. Yeah. That is a very old school way of running a clinic business, given the fact that we have the internet and all of these technologies that you can absolutely leverage. And it's just that the opportunities aren't being taught to the clinicians who ha- who absolutely should be taking advantage of them. The other 
The other piece of this conversation that keeps coming into my mind as you're talking is I feel like if we were to almost identify where their mindset is at, I would classify as the, the practitioner mindset as very short term in the moment, you know, got my visit done. Hopefully it'll all work out tomorrow, but I'm just going to focus on this step and keep moving forward every day. Whereas business CEO mindset is long-term. And I think that was incredibly exposed when we had this idea, at least in Canada, we had the $2,000 wage subsidy that you could, or not wage subsidy, but the payment that you could get if you proved or stopped making money immediately. Mm -hmm. And the number of practitioners that I saw that were like, I'm just going to treat patients for free just so I can make the 2K. And yet in my business, we were making four to five to six K a week times four. Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, this just shows me exactly how short term your thinking is because this will end and things will go back to a new normal. And if you haven't been in touch with your people, if you haven't been offering them services of yours because you wanted to collect 2000 when you could have collected eight times that or 10 times that or five times that even it really showed where everything kind of lied. And it was the people that sailed through this had that long-term mindset. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep grinding. I know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm just going to make sure all of my pieces are still in place and that I'm remembered. Mm -hmm. Short-term practitioner mindset was like, oh shit, closing down, not going to do anything. I'll just wait to get back. Yes. And you know, I see that COVID or not, Right. And it really does come, I think it all comes back to all of us. It's like we go to school, whatever the schooling is, and we get out of school and we try and do things on our own. And it's like the rug was pulled out from under us because all of a sudden the realities of what is are like slapped in our face. And what is, is that if you want to have a long-term, financially profitable business that looks like a clinical practice, right, then you have to treat it like a business and not like you're a clinician, you know, doctoring patients. Yeah. Right? And I, and again, it goes back to none of us we're really exposed to what that reality looks like, nor were we trained, but that doesn't mean that that's not what it actually is. And so you're left with this question of, well, okay, am I going to, you know, put all of this energy and effort to take home 40, maybe 60, maybe $80,000 because there's obviously tremendous overhead and all of that good stuff, right? Um, or am I going to really learn business so that I can take home 100, 150, 200, because there's all of this opportunity out there and I am refusing to just stay in my little narrow box that is not serving me or my patients because that's the way that it's always been done. Right. And I think what COVID did, if we look at the benefit of what COVID did, I hope that this pandemic really shook things up for 
those people who were very much operating in their little teeny tiny box and, and knowing that these, this, this bigger opportunity existed, but because they didn't have a gun to their head, yeah. there was no reason for them to, to, to sort of step outside of that very small transactional way of running um, to venture out and like up level skills and learn sales and marketing and learn how they can modify what they're doing to make it work on the internet. Yeah. And I hope, I hope more than anything that, that that's what COVID did because I know what the opportunities are. I see them with our clients and you know, it just, I think that's why I feel so strongly about it because I know that there's a better way to do things that give you more of like this time freedom, um, and for sure more money in your pocket. If there was one word that is coming to mind, differentiating again, the practitioner mindset and the business CEO mindset, I think that word would be responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think there is a, a lot of lack of responsibility over how their business outcome is. And therefore, when everything shut down, they're like, oh shit, I don't have an email list because I didn't take responsibility for keeping track of my emails. Right. I didn't take responsibility of making sure that I could access my business no matter where I was through other technology that I can control completely. Whereas yeah. a lot of the people that are in that business CEO mindset, they're like, I'm responsible for my business acumen. I can't blame it on anybody else. I take full responsibility for my success. I take full responsibility for my limitations, for the stories I'm telling myself. I take full responsibility for how small I'm playing. And it's Mm -hmm. my responsibility to reach out and seek out those people that can help me grow and develop the lifestyle that I want to. And I want to be very clear here that we're not trying to strive for million dollar businesses, not too many practitioners that I've talked to want a million dollar business. They want to have a lifestyle. They want to have freedom outside the office and they want to feel that their time is valuable and they want to spend time with their family. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think first I want to just say, listen, like, you know, because of the the size of my community, I know that most people don't have an email list. I know this. I know that most people don't understand the tech. And so if you had a clinic, let's just say, or a clinical practice of some kind, and you weren't in any way prepared for this, it's like, you know, the the saying like, um, fool me once, shame on me, shame on me, no, shame on you, fool me twice, shame (laughs) on me. Yes. Like, right. So there you had a, you, you got a pass, you know, be grateful that COVID showed you the holes and now, now it's your choice. Right. So like, okay, so you didn't have it. Okay. Maybe you genuinely didn't realize like how important it would be. Right. And you you were following HIPAA or Pepita and you were like, okay, well I'm doing my due diligence and I have the list and I have it secure and and you didn't know that email marketing was a necessity. Mm-hmm. right okay fine but now that all of this has been exposed first be grateful that you were shown it but now it's up to you it's your choice how do you proceed from this moment on and I think that's the point it's not man I wish I would have done this x 
months ago, it's okay. Here we are. I was really, I was really constrained by this and that, like not having an email list, not having ongoing communication with my patients and clients, not having any additional revenue streams over and above my time. Right? Like, so now you, you've been exposed, you see these gaping holes and the choice is now responsibility. How are you going to move forward? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go back to normal, quote unquote, which clearly isn't going to, what if you wanted to take like three weeks off? Like what happens, right? So what if you got sick randomly for a month? Yeah. Right? So I guess what I'm saying is transitioning from this very, you know, I'm going to use the word corporate, but this very like status quo standard corporate mentality of this is how I have to do it. And I'm a clinician and therefore I don't need marketing and I don't need sales and I don't need any of this stuff because I'm a clinician, right? To, you know what? I really want to have as much of impact as I can. I want to leverage my time to the best possible degree. And yeah, I'd like to take home 80,000, 100,000, 150,000 dollars. I'd like to take that home versus my clinic making, you know, 175 and me taking home 50. Right. Because I'm going to venture to guess that that's what the norm is. Right? On average. I remember I said one time I was like naturopaths are broke. And like a bunch of them got up my back, like got on my back about it. And I'm like, you can't say that you have a six figure practice because what does that mean? That means you're taking home $2,000 a month, maybe three. Come on now. Like, I'm sure you didn't go to school for 10 years, right? To take home $3,000 a month. So why are we setting the bar so low? right? Six, six figures is $8,333 a month. Like, come on. Right. Like (laughs) I know what your naturopathic college debt is, right? Like I know what it is. So it's like, this is the opportunity. Like COVID afforded you the opportunity to like go one way and, or stay the same. Mm -hmm. And it, it, and it's so interesting to see the people who are like, oh man, like I want to rise to the occasion, like you said, or the people that are stuck in fear mm-hmm. and, and taking sort of the, I don't want to say the easy way out because none of this is easy, yeah. but sort of just um, rolling with the hand that they're dealt versus taking control of their own destiny. Yeah. And Here's the two schools of thought I'm now seeing is now people are like jumping ship, hopping that fence. It's got to be greener online. And this is really where your business shines. And again, this is a a huge reason why I wanted to have you on today. I still believe that you can keep the brick and mortar and merge online there. You don't have to abandon ship. Like a lot of people are really contemplating dropping their licenses and just like, doing whatever it is they want to. So I also wanted to expose what running a completely online business actually looks like. And this is where your 10K program comes in. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel that, and my fear is that when people are making this jump and they're like, okay, I'm dropping everything. I'm forgetting like all, all of my 
my um, education, my identity as a, a licensed practitioner, because yeah. I think the laptop lifestyle is easier. COVID showed that if you're online, you're going to crush it. Right. So I'd love for you to expose the realities when you're working with your clients. Like this is yeah. what an online business looks like and point blank, sure. it isn't easier. Like, no. It just it's isn't. It's definitely not. Yeah. Um, first, I want to say that when it comes to making these decisions, we should take off the rose-colored beer goggles um, because it always comes down to what do you want and how hard are you willing to work to get it, mm -hmm. right? If you want to be able to travel with your family and live out of a van and, and do that kind of nomad lifestyle, then yeah, maybe having a totally online business is right for you. You know, um, I, I was in clinic for you know, I was in a, I've never had a corporate job. So from the time I was 19 till the time I was, I don't know, 2014. So like, I don't even know, whatever, 30, whatever that math is, whatever that math is. I'm 38, <laughs> 38. Yeah. Um, I was like, am I 39 yet? No, I'm not. Um, you know, for a long time, 20 years, I was in health and wellness. I was in gyms. I was doing all of these things. Mm -hmm. Like I had that. And, you know, I, I went online and it wasn't even, I didn't set out to have like a fully online business. I never thought that I would close the clinic. It just got my, as my life circumstances changed. Anyway, so what I'm saying is before you make any decisions, because no matter what you do, it is a tremendous amount of work, no matter what you do. So you better make sure that your heart is in it for the right reasons and that you're here for the long term. There is no magic pill. There's no like beanstalk you can climb. Like there's not, there's no easy way out. Um, and in fact, I would even venture to say that online is harder. I would agree. Um, for the first three years. Once you have it dialed in, I'm going to go switch that and say that it becomes like a machine and you just have to do the, you know, simple, uh, I don't want to say simple upkeep, but it is, it is simpler than a clinic. Yes. After you've established it and it's running like a machine, which typically takes about three years where you are working like a freaking dog. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll just say that, but make sure that you have the end game in mind, right? I wanted to be able to stay home. That was my goal. I was a single mom. I am a single mom. I need, I needed time freedom first and foremost, and I needed I needed to be 100% in control of my finances and having a clinic didn't allow me to do that. Yes. And I really wanted millions. Like I know a lot of people don't. I do. Yeah. Um, I want millions and millions of dollars <laughs> so that I can have it for myself, but also we have a foundation and the foundation supports a lot of philanthropic causes that are near and dear to my heart. I'm also willing to work my ass off. I'm, I sacrifice a lot. So mm -hmm. let me just be clear about that. Um, one of my, I'm going to interject there because yeah. one of my absolute favorite things that I've heard you say, and I think this was even like when I first met you. So I'm in my 10th year of business right now is if you don't show up to your business, your business will not show up to you. Absolutely. And you show up to your business every single every, day, no matter what. No matter what. And I, and, and no I think what. that if there's any sort of gold nugget anybody takes from this, it's that. 
regardless yeah. of whether it's online, offline, you got to yeah. show up and you got to show up. Show yeah. up. And, you know, so with an online business, the learning curve is much greater, which is what makes it harder, mm-hmm. right? The learning curve is greater and the exposure is greater. And so for a lot of clinicians, a lot of practitioners, being publicly exposed yeah. is actually what holds them back from growth, right? Because you can, I'm going to use the word hide, but you can hide in your clinic and you get referrals and you get foot traffic and you're, nobody knows you outside of, you know, your patients and you're not exposed. You're not exposed to criticism. You're not exposed to competition. You're not exposed at all. Right. Yeah. And so the, ex- the public exposure and the public and the, re- I'm going to say the requirement of becoming a, a brand online and also the learning curve is what stops people. It's also the least two things to talk about, which, which, you know, if you don't talk about the learning curve and, and the mindset shifts that are required in order to show up as a brand and put yourself out there, then, you know, sure, it seems like, yeah, you know, my colleagues are killing it. Well, you don't see what, you know, they've been doing behind the scenes. So I'll just give you an example. Our licensed clinicians that are killing it right now, that were able to grow in March and April and will likely grow in May, have already been online for, I would say, minimum eight months, but more over a year. Mm-hmm. And they have it dialed in. Yeah. They have it dialed in and they've worked at it. And our clients, you know, go from zero to online setup in six months. They're working day in and day out and they have deadlines and they have all of this stuff. And it's not like, oh, let me just put together a four week program and put it on my website. Like that. That's not a thing that works. Yeah. It's a business. Yeah. Right? It's a business. So anyway, you know, there is no magic pill. There is um yeah. There is there is no easy way out. A business building a business in any industry is hard. That's why a lot of people don't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people have to put throw the towel in after, you know, a year to 18 months. And I think there's something like if you make it to three years, you're like one of the few. If you make it to five, you'll be okay kind of thing, you know? So there's some truth in that. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things about going online that a lot of people don't know is it's 100% grit with one system in place. So the biggest problem I see with entrepreneurs in general is they will launch something once, it failed, they're like, peace out, that doesn't work for me. I'm going to try something completely different, spend all my time and effort into try this new thing, doesn't work out, it works out a little bit, peace, I'm out, moving, moving on. Yeah. And in the offline world, you can get away with that a little bit easier. You can test it a little bit easier. You get almost instant feedback because you're constantly in front of those people and you just kind of get a feel for how your language is working, is the connection there, blah, blah, blah. But in online, it's completely binary and you don't know why people aren't 
purchasing and oftentimes it's messaging and we're the worst when it comes to messaging. But I think that's another big element that needs to be put into place. It's not that you just have to work hard. It's that you have to be willing to like get knocked down, figure it out, get back up. And listen, I, you know, I feel like we're making it all sound like doom and gloom, you know, (laughs) it's, I think it's because if we go back to this idea that we all went to school to learn a trade, right? It's the same thing if you were a plumber. If you went to school, if you like did your training to becoming to become a plumber, it's like, okay, well now I, I know I know plumbing. Now what do I do? And it's it's a whole other skill set that must be acquired in order to have a successful plumbing business. They're not the same thing, right? They're not the same thing. And so when you go to school to become a naturopathic doctor or any other type of, you know, health professional, you come out and you're like, cool, I have these skills, but they're not transferable at all in, in the way of, establishing and growing a successful business, whether it's on the internet or not. Mm-hmm. And that's evidenced by how many naturopathic doctors cannot grow profitable clinics, mm-hmm. right? Sure. They have a clinic. Sure. You know, but if we really looked at how profitable their clinic is against their time, their energy, it's not that profitable for the most part. Are there anomalies? Sure. Are there unicorns? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, if we took the average take home pay from NDs, listen, I have no stats on this, but I'm going to make some assumptions given what I know that it's not more than $60,000 take home. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's really unfortunate. Right. That's really unfortunate. And the point is, is that that's because you are not running your practice like a business. You are running it like a medical doctor and you are not a medical doctor. They get OHIP, (laughs) right? You are running it off of an allopathic medical model and you are in fact a business, right? And you, but you weren't taught to run it that way. You weren't taught to run the numbers like a business. You but we're taught to run it off a model that doesn't exist for you, right? Because you are only paid via insurance and yada, yada, and all of that stuff or cash, but you weren't taught that. And so it's really interesting to see the mindset of, you know, Canadian, Canadian clinicians (laughs) versus U S clinicians, because in the U S right, they already know cash. They know that it's a business right? They're like, how do I make the money? How do I like they, it's a different mindset. So it's really interesting because if you look at the roots of it, it was modeled after the medical model. Yeah. But doctors get paid differently than, you know, alternative health practitioners. And so I really do think that it's an up leveling of skills. So you went to school and you acquired skills to be able to treat patients, not to run a successful business. Yeah. And so if you want to run a successful business that treats patients, that's what the business does, that's your skew, right? Then you have to be prepared to invest 
time, money, energy into the skills that are going to afford you a profitable business. Right. And, and that's just, and that's, that's, that's the truth of it. And I, and I think that for a lot of practitioners, they don't think like that. Yeah. And once that light bulb gets turned on, they're like, Oh my God, yes, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. But then the feeling of like being defeated kicks in because they're already tired. They're already burnt out. And they're like, Oh my God, I have to go and learn all of these. I don't want to yes. do that. I don't want to market. I don't want to be a brand. I don't want to go on social media. I don't want to do those things. And so if you don't want to, then don't, but don't expect your current situation to change then. Yes. That's, you know, with, with all the love and respect, that's the truth of it because you can't get something you, you've never had staying the same. And I'm going to close that loop up with if, you can at least acknowledge where your weaknesses are. You can hire people or align yourself with people who will support you in that. So I also like to say not every practitioner, in fact, I'd say most practitioners that graduate are not entrepreneurial. It is not in their wheelhouse. That is not their their zone of genius. Absolutely. You can align with other practitioners, other partners, other mentors, business coaches, that will help guide you and walk you through all of that. And so if your lifestyle and if your goal, ultimate goal is to go online, then I think Lori is a fantastic person to reach out to because this is what her wheelhouse is. Mm-hmm. And if you're wanting to still stay offline in a, in a practice, but merge into the online space and, and do both of that, that's where our business comes into play. This is two people in an ocean full of others that can certainly support you. And, and I think it's just important to also acknowledge that, that I think so often we get thrust into this, well, we have to become entrepreneurial and I have to squeeze my square peg into a round hole because this is also what I'm being told to do. But I think if we also just take a step back and say, this is never going to be me. I am never going to do this. This is just not what I want to do. All I want to do is show up and see patients. Then it's also your responsibility to find the people that will accomplish what you're just not good at. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's what I was sort of saying is like, you have to go back to what do you want? You know, what do you want? What are you willing to sacrifice? How much are you willing to invest? If you, you know, if your goals, whatever your goals are, go and, and, and find the people and the skill set that are going to bring you there. Mm-hmm. But what I don't want, and this is why I feel like I have such strong feelings about it is I don't want you to just resign yourself to this is the way that it has to be because I'm a naturopathic doctor, because that's just complete BS, right? And so I just don't want you to settle for the status quo if you want something different, not even something more, but just different. If you only want to, if you want to do different things, if you have other, other you know, passions you want to bring into your clinic. Like if you're multi-passionate, like there's just so much opportunity out there. And I just, I just don't want to see anybody keep themselves in a box simply because they're a naturopathic doctor with regulations. It's just, or whatever, with whatever scope of practice. And it just, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It just doesn't. And there's so much opportunity out there. It's just, you always have to go back to 
you know, who am I, what am I willing to put in in order to get this outcome? If people wanted to reach out to you, what are some of the best ways? Uh, I think first and foremost on Instagram. So I'm at Lori Kennedy Inc. And Lori's L-O-R-I, Kennedy Inc. Um, Or you can join our, (coughs) excuse me, Facebook group. It's Take Your Health Practice Online. Um, It's a fairly um, engaged community of like really supportive practitioners. We do a lot of free training in there. um, So you can go and join that. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. So as I said, and I really hope that you have been shaken up and kind of rocked a little bit because that interview was pretty raw, but it is the truth. And we are saying all of those things with love and with observation and with only the best intentions that we want you to have. And as I said, I don't believe you need to give up your license or drop the idea of being in a brick and mortar business. I certainly am not. I'm going to keep both of my practices running while we still adopt more online things. We're creating an online program to add to our patient curriculum. We're doing a lot more webinars. We're going live more. We're doing more of the online tech things while still supporting people in a one-on-one in-person fashion. If you are struggling with what your next steps are and you don't know how to merge these two items, I want you to book a game plan call with me. The link is in the show notes and it is a 30-minute call and we're just going to lay out everything. We're going to lay out the blockers that you have, the limitations you perceive that you have, and where the opportunities are for you to grow significantly. So please book that 30-minute call. I look forward to chatting with you. I am Andrea Maxim. This is a Profitable Practice Podcast, and I'm out. You guys are killer. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Profitable Practice Podcast. Leave me a comment, and if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and leave me a quick review. For those ready to maximize your practice, contact me at www.maximizedbusiness.ca.